Today we are continuing in our sermon series. We have been following along with Martin Copenhaver's book called Jesus is the Question. And it's a book that evaluates, looks at the 307 questions that Jesus asked or was asked and the three questions that Jesus answered. What we've been finding is that Jesus was a person who was much more interested in questions than he appeared to be interested in answers. And so we have been evaluating, looking at some of those questions, reflecting on how some of those questions are alive and well in our life. And today, we're looking at the question that Jesus asked the disciples as they were in a boat in the midst of the storm, as the water was overtaking them. Jesus says, why are you afraid? It reminds me there is a song of one of my favorite songs from the 90s by a band called Toad the Wet Sprocket. They have a lyric that goes like this. It says, whatever I fear the most is whatever I see before me. Whenever I've let my guard down, whatever I was ignoring, whatever I fear the most is whatever I see before me, whatever I have been given and whatever I have been. It reminds us that fear is such a central part of what it means to be human. Sometimes we don't always diagnose fear correctly within ourselves. We'll say it's something else. It's worry. It's anxiety. Sometimes we'll say it's anger. We don't like to be afraid, but I think the reason we don't like it is because we are afraid so often. And so in our story, uh, we're going to be talking about fear and about this moment when the disciples are afraid. But remember how I told you to keep out your device? One of the things we would like to do is just to take a moment and share our fears with one another. You'll see this QR code that's coming up on the screen. If you'll take your device and aim it at that QR code, it'll take you to a form where you're going to be asked, asked a simple question. What do you fear? We're not asking you to share your name. We're not asking you to like go into the very deepest centers of it, although you're more than welcome to. But we're just asking for you to share your fears with this group. We're going to be praying about our fears later on in the service today, whether you are here in, in person or if you are worshiping with us online. We invite you to just take a minute anytime throughout the sermon to share your fear. Um, and as we do that, let's also listen to the words that are in Mark 4. For those of us that have been around the church for a while, you've probably heard this story before. Jesus has been teaching on the parables. He has been uh, giving all of these little riddles that have a lot of questions within them to the many crowds that have started to follow him. And the scripture says that with each of these stories that teaches a little truth, a lot of people were really confused, but Jesus would go out of his way and explain to the disciples exactly what he was trying to say. So after he's taught all of these parables that we then see them all get into a boat and this is what happens. It says, on that day when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, 
Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? I invite you to please join me as we pray. God, our lives are riddled with fear. Our hearts are riddled with fear. And we don't always know what to do about it. We try to control it. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. We try to worry about it. Very little does that do us any good. We do our best to make it through, and we just know that there are certain circumstances we cannot make through without your help, without your love. And so we pray that we will know your love in these moments, that you will embrace us where we are today, that you will infiltrate our fear with your love and cast our fear out. Please pour through me a gift of preaching so that your truth might not be obstructed by our imperfection, that we might say what you want to be said and hear what you want to be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. What do you think the disciples expected Jesus to do? When the wind suddenly whipped up around them and stirred all of that shallow water into that churning, frothing, unpredictable waterscape, as the experienced fishermen led the way and using all of their strength and skill to maneuver that boat as they had no doubt done before, what do you think the disciples expected Jesus to do when they woke him up from his nap? Scripture passage for today, it tells us what they did not expect Jesus to do. They certainly did not expect for Jesus to speak and then suddenly calm the waves. They did not expect for their situation to change, for the storm to suddenly calm down, to be returned into stillness just as abruptly as they were thrown into disarray. Given that Jesus was a carpenter, and not a fisherman, I doubt that they expected him to be a great help in saving the boat. So when the disciples woke up Jesus, what do you think they were hoping he would do if they were not hoping that he would do what he did? I think that we get a clue in the question that they ask to Jesus. When they say, teacher, as they shout over the wind, you imagine the water just pouring down their faces. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care, Jesus, that we might die right now? Jesus, do you not care about us? There's something very personal in that question, isn't there? The disciples may not have expected Jesus to save them from the storm but they certainly did expect him to display love for them by sharing in their fear. Waking Jesus would not have stopped that boat from toppling over, but that look of fear and concern on Jesus' face would have given their misery really good company. 
It would have assured them that he cared about them and not only about them, but that he cared about his own life and that he cared about making it to the next part of this journey that they had just started together. To the disciples, you see, fear was a display of care and concern. To the disciples, fear was a show of love. Perhaps you and I can relate to that feeling. When we are in fear of losing something, losing our financial security or losing our health if we're waiting for a diagnostic test to come back, we will often tell our friends and loved ones about what we fear only to just wait for them to mirror our fear back to us in concern and in worry. It's not that we don't want to be comforted, we do. We just don't want to be comforted right away. If the pension that we live off of was suddenly canceled and we tell our closest friend about it, we would be offended if our, that friend's response were to say immediately, well, why are you afraid? You're going to be fine. Instead, we would expect for them to first share in our awe and in the terror of the moment to empathize, to exclaim and to knit together their eyebrows in concern for us. It's only after they share in our fear that we are willing to share in their faith when they go to assure us that everything will be okay, that somehow we will find a way that they will be with us and we are not alone. And so it turns out that the disciples are a lot like us in that way. Because we see here that they really needed Jesus to share in their fear before they could share in his faith. But Jesus doesn't want to share their fear. He didn't need to be afraid in order to love them and to love them well. He says, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? makes you wonder what he's asking in that moment, right? Have you still no faith that I will save you? Or have you still no faith in me? If the disciples were hurt that Jesus was not awake and fearful with them in that storm that was going to overpower their lives, then Jesus was hurt that they still doubted his love and care for them once that storm was over. From Jesus' questions back to the disciples, it's plain for us to see that Jesus does not see any connection between fear and love. But for the disciples, fear and faith and love, they are all intermingled and confused in their hearts. Maybe they're intermingled and confused in our hearts as well. We love worrying about one another. We fear, we fear alongside one another. We share in each other's misery. That's how we show someone we care. Anyone here have a mother? You've probably heard them. That's how they love you, right? They worry about you. They're afraid for you. We love to worry and fear for people when we love them. The disciples, they were afraid of this treacherous weather conditions. But you know, I really think that when it comes down to the bottom line, the disciples were really afraid that Jesus just didn't love them. They were more afraid of the idea that Jesus just didn't care. Which leads us 
to the exact same question. Friends, which circumstance are we more afraid of? Are we more afraid of the storms in our lives, of those unpredictable events that leave us feeling out of control? Or are we really more afraid of the thought that Jesus is alongside us, he's in the same boat, he sees the fear that we are experiencing, but he's just asleep at the wheel. Clearly, from this story and from so many stories within the Bible, we see that Jesus very plainly cares about the disciples, cares so much that even in this story, rather than leaving any time for debate, Jesus wakes up and puts an end to the storm before he says even a single word. He puts an end to the first thing that provoked their fears, which leaves them only with the fear that gripped them more fiercely than those waves, the fear that they were not truly loved. But Jesus loved those disciples. And Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves me. In 1 John, the author says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they live in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love, the author says. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. And love has been perfected among us in this truth that we will have confidence on the day of judgment that in this world, while we live here and now, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, the writer says. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, not love. Whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. So it turns out, friends, that there really is a connection between love and fear, but it's not that fear is a display of love. It's that love drives out fear. Just as Jesus drove that storm into stillness, love will drive out fear from our hearts. This spiritual truth, it's recently been demonstrated as a scientific truth too. Believe it or not, there was a very recent study from the University of Bonn on how to best eliminate fear in men. And so what they did is they took a group of men and they showed them a series of pictures that were followed by a series of shocks. They were conditioning the men to experience fear when they saw particular images. And then they divided the test subjects into two. And to half of them, they gave oxytocin. Oxytocin is the chemical that our brain releases when we are in love. And so they gave half of those people oxytocin and they gave the other half a placebo. And then they went and showed those same men who were conditioned to fear those pictures, those pictures, but without any shocks. And what they found was that the men who were given oxytocin, the men who were feeling loved, those men had a much, much significantly lower feeling of fear than the men who were just on the placebo. Friends, often we will believe that the opposite of love is hate but it doesn't really appear that that's true. Not fully anyway. The opposite of love is fear. 
When we have fear, it can be driven out by love. So when we are afraid, I think that we need to ask ourselves that question, that same question that Jesus is putting to the disciples when they are in that boat, is what you are more afraid of these circumstances that you cannot control, or is what you are afraid of the fact that I might not care or I might not love you? When we ask ourselves that question, I then challenge us this week to follow it up and to remind ourselves that we are loved, that there is nothing that we could do to somehow escape God's love for each and every one of us. And that not only are we loved, not only are the people we love loved, but the people that nobody loves are loved. So if we are the people who are like Jesus, how do we go out into the world casting and driving out fear? How do we do it? But by perfect love.